Talk at nine. Talk at nine on seven o two for the curious on ninety two point seven and one o six FM. It is five minutes past 10 o'clock. Welcome back to Talk at Nine with me, Gershwell Brooks. Great to be in your company, of course. Looking forward to your calls in an hour's time when you have an opportunity to react uh, to the ban on alcohol uh, sales yet again. Uh, The reintroduction of that, of course, as well as a couple of other uh, interesting bits and pieces that we can pick up on that you would like to discuss with me coming out of the president's speech, obviously. But now... For the next hour, we're going to be enjoying some good news. We'll be taking it easy. Um, enough with the heavy stuff. We'll get back to that in an hour's time, as I said. Um, up next, I'm going to speak to someone that is truly inspirational. She's uh, done something absolutely amazing. Um, in fact, she's she's done a series of amazing stuff. I'll be speaking to Ndombi Zodwa Matlangu. And, um, you know, she went from being a domestic worker to a graduate and now a published author. Her book is out due soon i'm really looking forward uh to uh, you know to to getting a my hands on a copy of that particular book and without any further ado Ntombi Zodwa, good evening and thank you for joining us good evening Kushal, and evening to the listeners wonderful stuff for having you on this evening by the way let's let's start off i mean you know uh, you know with all due respect domestic work is not a career that people willingly choose ordinarily. You know, it's 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 very rare yes. that if you have yes. a bunch of children in, say, grade R, and you ask them, yes. what would you like to become one day, that someone would say, I'd love to be a domestic worker. I take it it was circumstances that led you to, to, to domestic work in the first place. Yes, yes, it was circumstances. Um, we had um, no, 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 like we were um, underprivileged, and my mother was working as a domestic worker, and um, I also made a mistake of falling pregnant and missing an opportunity to study with the Tswana University of Technology. So when things um, fell back and then I realized that the only option I have is to do the employment that I know in order to raise funds for myself and uh, go back to university and study. So so let's let's start off at that that uh, at that point as a starting point. I mean, yeah, your mum is a domestic worker. You are aware of the difficulties that she's going through. Uh, obviously, you you got entry into Tswane um, University of Technology. Usually by grade eleven, we know this, or you know, because then you get that letter from whatever university you've applied to, and they say yes, we have space for you, provided you do well in matric. But then, when did you fall pregnant? And and obviously, though that scuppered your plans. Okay, um, Goshwell, I didn't know about Tony University of Technology. Um, maybe just to tell you a little bit of a story that I come from the place where there was no hope for education at mm, all. Mm, mm. Um, uh, I mean, the place was really, um, I mean, underprivileged. It was underdeveloped in a manner that there was nothing. We only had two tuck shops and one closed down. We were left with one tuck shop, which, which was about five to six kilometers from, from, from my grandparents' house. And it was farms. My grandparents' house was um, on a white man's farm next to the white man's house. And then it was an open field whereby the neighbors um, on another white man's farm. So um, the school was a bit far for us as well. Uh, in fact, the primary school started in 1978. My parents were already teenagers then. They couldn't go um, to primary school then when it's in 1978. And um, there was no high school in the area at all. So um, 
the learners would finish grade seven and stay at home and some start uh, doing um, uh, work uh, or start working as domestic workers as well and all that. So um, in 1999, that's when the grade, I mean, the, the, the high school started. Mm, so mm. I started with the high school in 1999, but it was only three classrooms and four educators, including the principal. So as years progressed, other grades, uh, other grades added, but the teachers remained the same and the classes remained the same. So in 2002, our school, Dondel um Secondary School, got 0%. Um, um, we were few in the school days, but there were no resources at all. So it got 0%. Like when it started and when we kept on studying, we were uncertain whether the school is registered or not. So at a later stage when um, it got 0%, we were at least assured that the school is registered, even though we were pressurized as a class of 2003 that now we have to uh, perform well because the, the department was uh, threatening of moving the school to a, a, a location that was 20 kilometers away from us. Mm. So the school, uh, the place uh, without tar roads and all that, we said, no, the school can't be moved because if it's raining and then the cars get stuck in the mat, uh, in the mat there. So we said, no, 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 we cannot move to, um, uh, I mean, to, um, to the nearest location. We better stay here and work hard. But there was more pressure on us. We were 23 in the class when we started. And uh, in the end, we were 18, and only six of us passed. I was one of the six that passed. So um, after it, we had no career expo or anything. So I knew nothing about Swana University of Technology. I knew nothing about um, mm, NFS mm. and all that. But at least there was this teacher who always encouraged us that, no, if you work hard, you can go study further and all that. And he even gave us um, um, Saturday classes without expecting any pay. We didn't pay him for extra classes. We spent the money. So after he assisted us, I moved to Guamsanga. Um, I lived in a shack now. It was my mother's shack because I was um, living um, with my grandparents. Mm. So when I moved to Guamsanga, I lived in a shack. That's when I fell pregnant. But it was after I found information. So I applied oh, later. Okay. And I was still admitted later. But I couldn't carry on But because I already had a little one that I had to take care of. Because now you're forced to, to work and look after this child. Yes, that's why I was forced now to work and mm. look after this child. When I was in Tondale was uh, growing up, there was a farm called Froky Pond Farm. So I used to work there from grade 7 to grade 12. I worked there. It was a lavender farm. So I would go pick lavenders and all that on school holidays and on Saturdays. So when things couldn't work at all, when I was in Guamsanga, I took a driver's license. My hope was to be um, a police officer. But the thing is, <laughs> looking for a police officer um, employment, it was uh, for getting money. It wasn't my passion at all. And uh, when things didn't work out, I was just unfit for that job, and uh, I, was, I was never employed for it. And then I realized that I better um, uh, I mean, look for employment that I know. And that was domestic work. I knew that out of it, I would get extra cash and I'll be able to pay for my studies. And I received a SASA grant for my daughter and mm. I used that to look for employment. So so let's talk about, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm listening to what you're telling me here and you, you then took this salary as a domestic worker and managed yes. to put aside money for your studies. I mean, 
without sounding too personal and you know i know there's a couple of things that you never ask anyone about uh, particularly you know you never ask them how old they are how much they weigh and you never ask them how much they earn but i guess we're in a position now where i can ask you i mean how much were you earning as a domestic worker for you to be able to put aside money uh, and and what struggles i mean what struggles did you have to go through in being able to put that money aside in the first instance well, I had to sacrifice a lot. I was still earning less than 2000 a month. Mm. And um, I started with a short course. I didn't start with a degree. I started with a short course. And, um, I, you know, receiving newspapers every now and then, I'll get a newspaper at, at the gate as a, a domestic worker. And I would open the newspaper. I still hoped for my education. And I would open a newspaper. And at, at some stage, I saw um, an advertisement saying, okay, we're looking for someone with a metric and a Microsoft Office. And I realized that I don't have the Microsoft Office. I mm, only have mm. Matrix. So I thought I, I better study this. I better do this Microsoft Office so that I can apply for um, office, I mean, for office jobs. And I, I bought myself an old computer out of that money, out of my salary now. I bought an old computer. Now, when my employer realized that I was passionate about education, and mm. um, my employer updated now the computer to at least um, uh, be better because it was really old. And I started looking for a course now. I got a course at um, Inter College. And I paid every month out of the less than 2,000 rent salary. Every month I paid 461 rent. And I would still have to take care of my daughter at home, buy groceries for her at home and take care of myself as well and then pay at Intec. When I got finished, and I thought I'll get a certificate now. They said, no, you still have to write exams. And um, the exams are not with us because we are not accredited by Microsoft. So I had to go and write at another insti- institution that was accredited by Microsoft. And that was meaning that I had to have extra money mm, for mm. paying for exams. And by then I had nothing in my account. I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll go and write later. I don't have money at all because my account would be at minus most of the time. And uh, my employer said, no, no, we saw your patient and uh, we see that um, you, you, you really wanted this. I'll pay for your exam. And I was so happy when she assisted me. And then I wrote the exam and I passed. But passing made me feel really good because I did everything on my own. Coming from the underprivileged um, area, I could hardly communicate. I really had a poor communication skill. So I had to read a lot of books and I had to watch a lot of movies. And when I did that Microsoft Office on my own in my room and I passed, and at the end I received my certificate, I was so happy. I felt really good. And then at the later stage, I applied again at UNISA and um, for, for another um, certificate. But after receiving this certificate, it was difficult again to get uh, to get um, employment in offices because there was no one who could come I in. Mean, or, or maybe um, I mean, people. It wasn't easy for um, employers to believe a domestic worker that doesn't have a, a, I mean, an experience. But luckily, um, one physiotherapist uh, believed in me, believed in me and gave me an opportunity to to work as as a receptionist. And then at a later stage, she gave me more tasks and tasks, and I was able to um, to grow them. And then I applied again at the University of South Africa to mm. do office management certificate. And I did everything on my own again, studied and studied in the evening. And, um, and when I passed, it came back with a distinction, passed with distinction. Wow. And I felt so good. 
I felt good that, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't communicate in the beginning. Now, all of a sudden, I passed with distinctions. I mean, distinction. So I felt really good. And then um, at the later stage, I got then employment to work as PA to the CEO. And luckily then, uh, the organization assisted me with fees for my qualification. But I had to make sure now that I acquired the qualification because that was my passion. I mean, I'm listening to your story with absolute awe. I mean, with, with uh, you know, I'm listening to what you're telling me and, and uh, clearly a lot of sacrifices, a lot of late nights, a lot of fatigue because, let's be honest, the work that you were involved in being a domestic worker, it's, it's um, you know, it's physically taxing. You, you're not taking your time and uh, enjoying life. Uh, you know, you have to sweep, you have to clean, you have to clean toilets, you have to do all kinds of things. And then after that, you're still expected to then come home. And whether it be uh, Microsoft uh, Office, something that you hadn't encountered yet, whether it be your actual academic studies, all of that you have to you know, participate in. And, and that could not possibly have been easy in the least. But No, it wasn't easy at all. And then but on top I of it, let's know. throw in that you also have a child to look after. Did you, did you look after your child during this period or, or was, was family able to assist you? Um, luckily, my grandmother stayed with us. Uh, my grandmother also moved from Dondeldworth now and stayed with us in Wamsanga. Mm. And when she stayed there with us, she took care of my daughter now. Now it was the great-grandmother to my daughter. Um, and I really wished to stay with my daughter then, but I could realize that, you know, uh, it wasn't easy at all. So I had to put my education beside. But during my studies, Mm. When I started with my degree, my mom passed away and my father passed away and my grandmother also passed away. So I was forced to take my daughter from home, to fetch her from home so that Mm. she stays with me. So when I was busy with my degree, I was a full-time mother and um, working as well and studying at the same time. And how old was your daughter at the time? Uh, My daughter then, she was about nine, ten when I fetched her mm, from home. Mm, mm, mm. And I would sometimes leave her and do my assignments or um, remain at work and do assignments until late at night and leave her alone in the house and all that. But she, she understood because I told her that uh, I, I really need this degree. She knows that I'm passionate about education. I'm, I'm, I'm very strict with her as well. I'm like, you need to do your, your work or else I'll be angry with you. So <laughs> that's the kind of a situation whereby she knows that when mommy opens a book, there is nothing that I can say to her. I must just like um, uh, understand. So she really understands. But whenever I had time, and then I would make sure that I cover that I'm with her and I play with her and all that. So I had to be a mother and make sure that she's happy and study at the same time. And I mean, but the studies just you know didn't didn't end there. Um, you know, I, I saw your uh, your your Facebook profile. I've I've, I've sent you. A request, by the way, and and that doesn't happen all that often. But I thought that, oh, you. Uh, you know, I, I I you know, you're definitely someone that that I need to uh, stay in contact with. But I see that you graduated oh, in you. 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, I graduated in 2018. And 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 what do we have? What 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 certificates or degrees or or doctorates or masters or honors or whatever? What is it? What do you have right now? I have a BA degree in public admin and communication facilitation. Wow. I acquired it at um, UNISA. So um, uh, with that as well, it made me feel really good because I did everything on my own. We know that UNISA is long distance. Mm, um, mm. 
So I, I studied on my own. I, I'm, I really surprised myself. Each time I, I, I submitted, because there are some modules that have passed this distinction. So each time I realized that, you know what, or, or each time I re- received this, um, I mean, uh, marks with a distinction, and then I remember that I come from the place whereby it was so under underdeveloped, uh, I, I realized that if you work really hard, you can achieve whatever that you want to achieve. It's about hard work, perseverance, and determination, because you need to sacrifice to um, to make sure that you achieve what you want. I mean, I won't lie to you. Uh, you know, you are the epitome of uh, perseverance. And we'll touch on the book that you've written, obviously, because I guess that you share some of your insights and some of your story in that very book. Yes. And then, you know, enabling other people to be able to share in that particular story. But let, let's let's get back to, you know, your, your fascinating story. I mean, now you have your BA uh, in a, you know, in a degree specifically in a space that you felt it was your weakness, where you felt that you lacked the ability to communicate or communicate well, and lo, be, and, yes. lo and behold, here you are now um, with yes. with a degree in, in in communication, in you know, in particular. I mean, that for me is absolutely fascinating. Are you planning on on furthering your 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 studies in the in, at all, or uh, is it now building a career? No, definitely. I'm going to study. You know, I, w- I won't put the pen down. I was once advised by this other um, old white lady that I used to work for. And um, she said to me, I used to assist her on Saturdays. And she mm. said to me, listen here, Miriam, because she called me Miriam. She said to me, when I told her that I'm studying and so forth, by then I was still doing a certificate uh, with UNISA. Mm. And she said to me, listen, Miriam, I acquired my, my, my qualification, my last qualification. She had um, three or four um, degrees. And she said the last one, she obtained it when she was um, 55 years old. So she said to me, do you think I, I acquired that in order to find employment? And when I looked at her and being up, I said to me, no, I was 55. It wasn't, it wasn't about employment. It was about knowledge. So from mm. her, I learned a lot. From that, I took that advice. So I will never put a pen down. I will always study just to keep myself abreast with the changes and all that. So I, I won't put a pen down. I'm, I'm looking forward to my honors in communication because I, I felt that I'm lacking in that field. And I wanted to be showing, communicating and so forth because, um, I mean, at, at most of the time I struggled a lot and I would feel sort of like intimidated. You know, when you come um, from the farms or from the underdeveloped area and then the next thing you are in Pretoria, whereby in school we never communicated in English. Mm-hmm. We, we studied yes during the during the day teachers will teach us in english and if we didn't understand they will explain to us in the neck so and after moving uh, from tondel those and going to one during, during school breaks we use the neck um our languages and at home we use our languages in Wamsanga, i never communicated with anyone in english and then the next thing i'm working for this white family i have to communicate full-time with them um, mm-hmm. in english and then the next thing I have to study now on my own and all that. Sometimes I would open a dictionary three or four times before I understand the word. So it wasn't easy at all, but it is doable and it is possible. So um, I want to acquire, um, I mean, honors in communication. And uh, from there, I'm looking forward to it. Next year, I'll be doing my honors in communication. And then um, from there, I'll see what else. But for now, I'm looking forward to my honors. I had to take a break in order to finish my book. So now that the book is finished, I'll carry on doing honors. And um, if doctorate, why not? 
I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm applauding you internally. I, I promise you. I, I find your story so compelling. Let's... Thank you. Uh, no, but I mean, the thing for me about it is there's so many elements to your story that, that people take for granted. I mean, apart from it, uh, Ndombe, we, we can go through the whole issue of, you know, being a domestic worker, coming from the rural parts of Mpumalanga, having, you know, teen yeah. pregnancy, etc., etc. We We can discussed it and, and to some extent it's almost the, the, the quintessential cliche of the difficulties faced by many South Africans but I think all too often we, we don't scratch further than the surface and, and take into account things like for example uh, language difficulties and language barriers. As you had said, I mean people, you know, in your part of the world, people largely speak Zulu, maybe uh, Swati, um, you know and a couple of other languages but that is what is spoken at home. That is what's spoken, um, you know, with friends. Um, and, yes. and, you know, the languages that have been accepted as being languages of commerce in South Africa, being English and Afrikaans, um, is yes. hardly spoken. And here you are and you thrust into the space whereby your employment requires you to be able to have a grasp of English. Your studies and your education yes. requires you to have a, a grasp of English. And that in itself becomes a massive barrier. And then you overcame yes. that, you know? Yes. Yes, I did. I, I, I overcame that, yes. It wasn't easy, though, but what I want to say to um, anyone who feels intimidated there or who feels that they can't or who feels like I'm scared of communicating because sometimes I would know what to say, but I, would, I, I wouldn't know how to say it. You know, when you know what to say, but you don't know how mm, to say it. Mm. You don't know how to express yourself fully. And um, it, it, it becomes difficult. In the end, you, you just decide that ah, I better keep quiet and not say anything, even if you want to talk. But you just decide, let me uh, keep quiet because I don't know if it will it will sit well. How will these people, um, uh, I mean, receive it and all that? So it, it, it's not easy at all. But because it becomes you know, about confidence. It becomes about your ability to communicate yes, with other yes. human beings. It's it's just such a difficult exactly. process. And, and exactly. you know, and that's why I think it's absolutely amazing that you took that challenge, which was such a massive challenge in your life. And that's what you made ultimately the center of your education and your development ultimately. But now let's let's talk about the book uh, because, you yes. know, the, 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 the degree the studies, overcoming all of these difficulties, that in itself yes. is is amazing. But then you had to, as they said, you know, as they would say, the, the, you had to go add some aromat to it as well by going and, and, and writing a book. What what yes. brought you to the book? And, and very few people are able to convince publishers to, to sell their story. You know what I mean? Um, yes. What was that process like? Let's start with you writing the book. I mean, where did you find the time what is the story that you're telling in the in the book? Um, Gashol, it wasn't easy at all. At first, I I thought I mean I thought I, I couldn't do it. I mm. still didn't believe in myself um, with the book, and I agreed with my editor now, um, Lali Fanzeram. I agreed that okay, fine. Um, she will write the book. I will record and then she transcribes. And um, this, that didn't work out because I felt that when recording. Mm. I couldn't express myself fully. I I am I, I, sort of like missed some of the stories while recording. And then she sat me down and she guided me that if you want to write this book, she said to me, it's better if you write it yourself, I'll edit on the side. But if you want to mm. write the mm. book, just make sure that you tell all the stories. And when I started writing and she edited on the side, I realized that I'm on the track. And she would also tell me that, no, we are on the right track. 
And then all of a sudden, I'm an author. I'm still like I'm still surprised myself that I, I managed to uh, to write this book. Um, I couldn't believe in it, but through hard work, I mean, I would um, have late nights. Sometimes I would wake up in the morning before going to work and write, and sometimes I would I, I would I would sleep at night um, writing this book, just making sure that mm, people mm. are motivated out there. Stories that I'm telling in this book are stories whereby. They are going to um, motivate people not to give up. The place where I come from, it doesn't have electricity. Even now, my first time with electricity was when I was about to turn 22 years. It was in 2008. So I stayed wow. for the whole of my um, um, I mean, childhood and, teenage, uh, and teenagehood without electricity. So um, I'm telling those kind of stories. I'm telling stories whereby we fetch we water in the river. And, um, I mean, we don't have water supply or anything. Mm-hmm. So us, in order to, to make food, we relied on wood from the forest. So those are the kind of stories that I'm telling in, 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 in the book. We didn't have sort of like floor cement and so forth. We had to go and fetch cow dung to, to clean our floors and all that. Those mm-hmm. are kind of stories. So I'm trying to motivate a person who's somewhere in the middle of nowhere, who's feeling like, who's hopeless, who feels as if, the area she's living in won't be, or maybe she won't be a better person because of the area she's living in. The book is trying to tell her that, or, or is, is planned to tell her that you can be anything, even if you come from this kind of a situation, you can be anything that you want to be, as long as you work very hard, knock at every door. And the title of this book is Brightness of Diamonds um, Through Soil. And um, the reason for me to... Um, Sort of like to, to, to choose this title, Brightness of Diamonds um, Through Soil, mm. is to uh, just making um, everyone aware that, you know, um, diamonds are from the soil. And um, we are also from the soil. If we can remember how Adam was created, Adam was created out of soil. So we are also from the soil. In us, there is a special gift that God um, um, gave us. Like everyone on this uh, has a special gift. But our gifts are not seen by, by, by people. Even ourselves, we haven't figured out what gifts we have because we, actually we have, are yeah. covered by poverty. We are covered by a lot of things. But if we dig deeper, like miners do when they, when they mine gold, if we dig deeper, we will realize that we have these diamonds and they will shine brighter and brighter. And we will, we will be amazed. Even ourselves will be amazed on how talented we are. I'm amazed now that I'm able to communicate with you, casual. Because <laughs> if you phoned me, then I wouldn't even know what to say to you. Maybe I would even be scared to answer the call. I, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and, and everything that you, you know, everything that you're telling us is is fascinating and gripping, and you know, such an inspirational story. But at the same time, I'm, I'm thinking to myself that you know, you you're obviously telling your story of inspiration. Um, yes. That you're saying that look, all of us are, have been granted this gift. All of us have a gift, and it takes obviously yes. a lot of a hell of a lot of hard work, a, a lot of yes. determination, for you to be able yes. to unleash that gift, so to speak. But at the very same time, you know, I can't yes. help but think to myself that there are so many young people, in particular, who need to be yes. listening to this conversation right now, who are sitting probably under very similar circumstances as to you. Uh, you know, previously where they don't have electricity, they're probably sitting in a shack. They're probably sitting, you know, um, 
listening to this show, assuming that they're listening to the show, having had to uh, charge their phone with a neighbor and having to pay that yeah. neighbor a certain amount of money, limited data yeah. and all of those other things, and probably thinking to themselves that COVID-19 is here, I don't have a job, my education is messed up, I probably also am a, you know, a pregnant teen or I, you know, because of a teen yeah. pregnancy I can't access ABCD. What is your yeah. message to that young person who just basically has given up hope, that feels hopeless? Because what I find interesting about your story is, and I guess this is maybe part of my question there, is what kept you going? That for me is absolutely fascinating. What is it that made you wake up every single day and say, I'm going to continue the domestic work, then study, then looking, look after my child, you know, then, 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 next study, yes. next achievement, next short course, whatever the case may be. What kept you going? Yes. Hope kept me going. You know, when you are hopeful at all times, when you are hopeful that things won't be the same mm. and you work very hard, every opportunity that you are given, run with it. You know, when you work very hard and when you, like, when you, when you impress employers, because when you work very hard, always when I do something, I always strive for 100%. I know that if I don't get 100%, I'll fall, I'll fall back on 90 or on 80. But if I strive for 50%, chances are high that I might fall back on 30%, which is really bad. So work very hard and um, be hopeful because it's only hope. Even now during this situation that we are facing, I mean, it's only hope that will carry us through. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know whether the pandemic will be over. We don't know whether there will be a cure for it, but hope will carry us through. We need to be hopeful and know that up there, there is a man called God. There is God looking upon us and he will never leave nor forsake us. So we need to be hopeful at all times. Even in that kind of situation, I mean, mm. what I would like to tell a person who is that kind of a situation, I would say it is not a mistake that she is born in that kind of a situation. She should, she or he should trust God with his or her life. You know, um, God, when God, if God wanted me to be born rich, it would have been so. So it's all God's plan. There is a reason that I had parents who didn't go to school. There is a reason that I was born in an area where there was not even a primary school during 1976. When in Soweto, they, I mean, uh, the students were protesting in Soweto. In mm. my area, there was no primary school. So, they, it, I mean, that's, that's, that, 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 that's God's plan with my life. That was God's plan with my life. So if you wanted me to be, I mean, to be in an area where there's a school and so forth, I wouldn't be born in that kind of an area. So most of the time, before someone can sort of like give up, we should always remember, before we give up, we should remember that, God has a plan with our lives, and he's the one who gave us that kind of life. And he knows very well that if we work very hard, we will be out of that situation. Or if, if we are hopeful, because if you work hard, and then you will achieve whatever. Working hard, I'm not saying you go and look for employment or whatever. There are a lot of things. If it means, if you have a child, they show you a little bit of sasa grant that you're carrying. Take that sasa grant, bake cakes, and stand in the street and sell those cakes. You'll be earning a little bit of cash for yourself. 
So don't stand at the corner and say, I don't have anything. Because most of the time, we sort of like, even the little opportunities that we get, we turn them down, saying, I can't be a domestic worker because this employment is not good enough for, my, for, for me. I was only 22 years, 21, 22, when I started with domestic work. Mm. And I wasn't ashamed of myself being a domestic worker. That is why even my cover now, I put the uniform. I feel, I feel you know, that uniform still makes me feel good. Sometimes I just feel like, Wearing, it, wearing that uniform and walking in the streets. Because not only me wore the uniform, but my mother who raised me wore the uniform. There are a lot of mothers out there who raised doctorates, who raised, who, who, I mean, who raised, who raised doctors, who raised mm. professors, and they wore that kind of a uniform. They were sweating in it. So that kind of, of a uniform, it really, it actually should be dignified. No one should look down on a person who is a domestic worker. No one should look down on a person who's selling sweets in the street. No one. So what I want to tell the young person out there who's losing hope, they should always be hopeful. They should know that, you know what, the situation won't be the same. God put me in this situation for a reason. And one day I'll be out of this situation through hard work, through determination and through making sure that you know, through making sure that you're not giving up on what you are doing, because giving up now in this situation of the pandemic, we need not to forget our dreams. And um, you know, I thought of, um, I mean, uh, releasing this book at a later stage, but then I realized that I realized that what if a later stage doesn't come? Now it's time. Now is the right time to release the book. People need to be hopeful now. People need to read stories that will give them hope even during this pandemic, that, mm. you know, there is a God who's looking upon us and the situation won't be the same. Yeah, no, I was about to say, uh, scratch the idea of you releasing the book later. Uh, you need to release another book at a later stage. That's what we need from you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, really, it was an absolutely stunning conversation. Um, really, thank you for giving us your time this evening. You're an absolute in- inspiration. Um, and I think that there's so many lessons that young people can take from you because um, I hear what you're saying. And obviously, we, we do live in a society that gives you all kinds of reasons uh, to feel downtrodden, to feel bad, to feel, um, you know, to, to, to feel bad, ultimately, for you to yeah. feel um, as if you've lost out on, 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 you know, or you, you know, you do, there's no hope ultimately. I mean, if, yeah. if you look at the situation at education, the self-confidence issues, the language barriers that you had to face, yes. um, the yes. sheer difference in, in lifestyle, you know, we hear something that you take for granted. Uh, for example, the, you know, the meat that you have with lunch or dinner um, and the yes. fact that that's a luxury for other people, things like electricity and, and flushing toilets, things that we take for granted that, you know, I'm, I'm, I bet you if I had to ask my children what would it feel like to use a pit latrine, uh, my eldest is five. <laughs> he, he, he can't imagine that there's no flushing toilet, you know. Um, yeah. You know, these are the things that unfortunately young people like yourself have to face. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, it's easy to give up. A, a lot of kids out there listening to this conversation to some extent have given up. And that's, that's quite sad. But the fact, the, but the point is, um, that the story like yours is, is purely inspirational and thank you for sharing it. Thank you, Gershel, and uh, thank you for the opportunity that I share my story with um, the Radio 702 um, listeners. Only a pleasure. All the best to you. Thank you so much. That was Ntombi Zodwa Maslangu and uh, her book, and I should have actually asked her, wait, let me, before I lose her completely, uh, before I lose her completely. Ntombi, it's me again. I'm sorry about yes. that. I, I almost let you go before asking you, when is your book out? Where will it be available? 
Okay, um, my book will be out um, now in uh, August um, because it's Women's Month and uh, women should be motivated. And um, it will be, I'm available on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Ndombizotwamer1, at Ndombizotwamer1. On Instagram, it's at Ndombizotwa2811. On Facebook, it's Ndombizotwa Miriam Mashangu. Unfortunately, I cannot accept more friends, but I have a Facebook page, so they should like the Facebook page. Ah, and I have a I have a WhatsApp number for pre-orders. It's zero eight two six two five seven five eight three zero eight two six two five seven five seven five eight three, or they can send an email to angelkazotwa at gmail for pre-orders. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, all those details, you'll just give it to, to Lee now, and then um, uh, she'll share it with me, and then obviously I'll just repeat them again. Thank you for your inspirational story. All the best to you, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Uh, Great thank stuff. You. Thank you. That was Mtombi Zodwa Masangu, and uh, the title of her book, Brightness of Diamonds Through Soil.